0: Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much again for being a part of the show, Black Canvas Season 7. And I have an amazing guest here on today's episode, Mr. Liam Haynes. And if you guys have not heard of him, this is going to be an amazing introduction to get to know someone who I've been talking with now for a little while. And we're so glad that he decided to be on the show. So where to begin? First things first, Liam was born and raised in a small town called Winsford in the rural county of Cheshire. And despite all of his travels and different homes since then, he is still a northerner through and through. He is the youngest of four siblings and has three older sisters. He attended Vernon High School and later Sir John Dean's Sixth Form College. His favorite school spot to frequent was the drama studio. While in school, he represented the UK, in the Youth European Union, and was heavily involved in volunteering and teaching dramatic arts at his local youth center. He always had an obsession with watching movies and a desire to perform on the big and little screens. At the tender age of 14 years old, he was one of the youngest actors accepted into the Cheshire Youth Theater and worked with a company touring plays around Cheshire and also at the Chester Gateway Theatre. He was later accepted into the National Youth Theatre of Great Britain and worked with them at Manchester's Lowry Theatre. He studied drama and theatre studies at Royal Holloway University of London and spent his summer breaks working for the Boys and Girls Club of San Francisco. After graduating, he took a year to travel the globe to learn more about the world and himself. While traveling, he applied to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and was accepted into the New York Conservatory. During his training, he lived in downtown Manhattan and also worked behind the scenes in casting. He then quickly started booking work. He has been a part of commercial work, fashion, music videos, theater, and most recently has made some television appearances, and he also just starred in his first feature film. His hopes for the future are to continue to grow and learn through acting. He is also musically inclined, and he's currently writing his first poetry collection. And we're so grateful to have Mr. Liam here with us on Black Canvas. Thank you, Liam, for being here.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Thanks.
0: (laughs) I'm just so excited to be here with you. I just am a huge fan. And one thing I wanted to kind of talk about in the beginning is just you being able to volunteer and help people. And I love that when I was reading your bio, it's just so important for people to give back. And when I saw that, I was just so excited. So thank you for what you have done. And I just can't wait to talk to you and ask some questions about your life.
1: Great, thank you. Yeah, volunteering, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Um, I, I I used to volunteer a lot. It opened a lot of opportunities for me um, and, you know even now at this point in my life i'm now thinking about where i'm going to next volunteer i think it's really important to just do something charitable each week or just do something that isn't for yourself you know um so fully agree with you on
0: that (laughs) (laughs) i love that and so i have some questions for you that i came up with and if you're ready i'm gonna go straight into them sure fire away all right so the first question i have for you is can you tell me about growing up in your hometown? And what are some lessons that you learned from your youth that you still use and apply today in your adulthood?
1: Definitely. Well, I grew up in a small town, like you said, it's called Winsford. Um, It's in a rural county of Cheshire. Um, So nowhere near London or anything like that, Um, nestled in between Manchester and Liverpool. But really I grew up with like a very, you know, well-protected, good values life. Um, there wasn't, you know, I really, I'd never been to a city until I think I was, I don't think I even went to London for the first time until I was like 12. Um, so I'd never really been into a city, um, a big city. Um, but it was a beautiful place to grow up. The town itself is fa- famous for salt. Uh, the whole area, my whole area is famous for salt mines. So there's really beautiful scenery, um, and a lot of history and um, old country homes, you know, I, it was a really great place to grow up in. And in terms of academia, there was access and um, a, a wealth if you chose to take it. Um, so I, I actually really, I'm really grateful that I grew up in that. I used to kind of have, we always have shudder, woulda, coulda, right? I used to have this envy of the people who grew up maybe living in the big city or, Um, and they had a different experience but I remember my experience being very you know I used to cook I used to bake (laughs) that's my activity as a kid I used to love to (laughs) bake I used to love to because and now I'm living in LA I never bake I'd never think about baking I'd be just go to the store and buy the cake so it's just a different level you're on a different time frame and I think for growing up that was really beneficial actually
0: I love that. Well, bacon is one of my favorite things to do. Like I enjoy it probably more than cooking. So what I'm going to do, definitely I'm going to text you later on some recipes and things that I've come up with and maybe you can bake some.
1: <laughs> yeah, You know, what, it's time because even throughout COVID, I didn't bake once. <laughs> my roommate was baking all the time and um, I didn't bake. So, yeah, please send them my way. I definitely got to get back into that.
0: Yeah, just don't gain the weight that I gained before COVID, <laughs> during COVID, and after. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I did actually. I gain I gained weight, though. I gained, I think I gained 20, 30 pounds, but that was just from going to the gym, actually, because I was so bored. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, trust me, my weight was not definitely from going to the gym. So <laughs> oh, I'm sure it like so. <laughs> all right. So I have some more questions for you. So I want to talk about Ryan's Mary Playdate. So you had an experience with working with Nickelodeon Junior so can you tell me about just that experience working there with Nickelodeon and can you also tell me about a memorable gift that you received during Christmas?
1: Oh yeah sure that job was really funny because I really didn't it was just you know I had this platinum hair for like a couple of years I decided to bleach my hair and I looked like Jack Frost I was pale I was thin I just I just and I looked like him so I remember Certain jobs come on a, a um, it's called um, The Breakdowns. And a job came up for this TV show. I didn't know anything about it, but they needed a Jack Frost. And I just sent them a le- like a note and said, I am Jack Frost. <laughs> and, they, and they booked me for it on the spot. Because um, I really did look like him. And that's how you get up. That's honestly, with certain roles, it's it's really, you know, if you look like them, you can really get your foot in the door. Um I had no idea going into it what Ryan's world was and how famous this. I don't know if you know about Ryan. Ryan's World. Ryan is the um, highest-paid child YouTuber of all time. I don't know if he still is now, but he was at the time I did that show. Um, he did uh, product reviews um, and open boxes. I didn't. I didn't. I knew nothing about this subculture that was so huge for toddlers and, and, and young children. And after and whilst working, I only worked one day on that show. It was really fun. He was, um, you know, obviously he's got his parents who were on the show with him, um, and they were just super supportive and not that typical Hollywood overbearing parent type that you'd think. They were just they were two teachers who whose kids seemed to blow up doing these uh product reviews and they seemed very grounded and it was a really fun experience because it was working with it was actually the first time I realized actually I love working with kids and I'd love to do more kids tv because I was working with like two year olds (laughs) one year olds and they were so (laughs) they were adorable and they were just cute because they didn't know it was they didn't know that I wasn't a carrot I was a character you know, they just thought I was Jack Frost, and it was just incredibly charming. And um I had a really positive experience working on that show. And then, funnily enough, um, you know, I have one of my friends from Cheshire who now lives in Abu Dhabi. She you know, she has a kid, and during the pandemic, you know, we're all on Facetime. We're just all talking, aren't we, to everybody? And I caught up with her, and her kid was like, "Ah, Liam is on Ryan's. He's on Ryan's world. He knows Ryan. He knows Ryan." And so I. Funnily enough, they'd sent me because they were just very polite people. They'd sent me like some Ryan signed merchandise, which, you know, was as lovely as that was. I mean, I, I didn't need a, a Ryan Frisbee or a Ryan card, you know, he's a sweet kid. Um, but my friend's kid, it was like the best gift ever for him. So I sent it to Abu Dhabi for him and he was just blown away. So it was really sweet. I'm um, sorry, the most memorable Christmas present I've ever received. That was the question, right?
0: Yes, yes. But I love that story. I think that's amazing. And for you to give that away, to, I, I can only imagine. I remember when I was a kid, Sesame Street was something I enjoyed when I was a kid. So if I knew someone who was on Sesame Street and gave me something, I probably would have just probably passed out. So <laughs> Yeah, I just read it. It's
1: that whole world of like, really, for kids, it was magical. You know, it was magic. He was just he was just blown away. I became like A-list celebrity in his eyes. It was so cute. I was like, oh, this, these kids love this show. Um, and then my most memorable gift, I would probably, I was actually, <laughs> I was, as a kid, I would, um, so me and my mom had a pact cause I was the youngest and my nickname might have been spoiled brat. Um, but I used to, we had a pact where I would, we'd go and I'd pick the gifts, she'd buy them um we'd go and buy them <laughs> together. And then, um, on the actor would come out then on Christmas Day, I would pretend in front of my dad like I was opening them for the first time and had no idea what they were. And they secretly weren't picked out prior. Uh, That happened even from being a young child. Um, But the best gift was this game, I remember it was called Atmosphere. It was a a video board game. I don't know if you had it in the US. I was into horror. I've always been into horror, even as a kid. And um, it was like, you basically you played a videotape it was back in those days you put a videotape in and you the videotape was by this um character called the gatekeeper a scary you kind of go into the gates of hell and um the game is like you're going around this board um and he's interacting with you it was the first experience if you know where we could have like a game interacting back with us it was really cool it was a great game
0: okay yeah i never heard of that before but i mean it sounds like an interesting game that you know, would keep people interested, and, you know, if there's different levels to the game and ways for you to connect in a different way, I, that sounds pretty cool.
1: Yeah, just having that, I, I, think, I think it's a big thing now in gaming. I mean, because it's live, it can do street. But I remember that was the first experience you had a board game with a videotape. And the, the videotape, the gatekeeper was um, commanding the game and you were playing it. It was, yeah, it was very interesting, a very uh, new wave in, in board games. I loved it.
0: Well, I love board games. That was one of my favorite things growing up to play. But I do want to talk about, since you mentioned horror, I want to congratulate you for being on American Horror Story. Thank you. Yeah, that was really
1: fun. That was fun.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I really want want to ask you. Like, do you remember where you were when you received the call that you'd be featured on the show? And then my second part of that question is, what was it like working with Leslie Jordan?
1: Sure. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I was always going to lie, I'll tell you. Two. I was in bed with somebody when I received the call saying that I was going to in it. I was in bed with somebody. Okay. Uh. <laughs> we'll leave it that. We'll leave it back. Um, But I remember, yeah, that was, I remember finding out and being like, whoa. Because again, that was at a point where I, I played um, Nick Beggs of Gugu. I'd always heard that song, Too Shy. I didn't know what he looked like. But really, with this blonde hair, I look like him. I looked like him. So that was another one of those opportunities where, you know, and you've got to remember in LA, you go for so many auditions. Sometimes you, you it's, it's more just, you go to the audition and you forget about it. So to receive that call and to um, be on American Horror Story 1984 was, uh, it was wild. And um, I remember coming home and, you know, they were telling me, you know, they schedule, so the script gets delivered to your house. You have somebody like, and you have to be there to pick up the script. And then they change the script the next day. So the script gets delivered to your house again. And then they change the script again. And it gets delivered to your house. And you just see this huge machine that is this show, which was honestly my favorite show. Um, It was on my vision board. So it felt really great to book something off my vision board. Um, And it was shot, that one was shot locally in LA. Um, And, you know, like anything, there there was also disappointments. I worked for a couple of days, um, on the set, I had a whole, a lot of my scenes were cut. We didn't even shoot them in the end, but, um, it was fun work. Leslie Jordan is a funny man. Um, I sat next to him and he was, we'd be him in chats, um, a little bit of a diva. Um, but everybody, he's cute. You know, he's got a cuteness to him and he's very, he's funny. You know what I mean? He really knows how to work his comedy. Um, he, I know he really blew up on Instagram during the pandemic. Um, he's funny. And also, uh, Leslie Grossman, I don't know if she played the camp. She's been in the past few. She was really sweet. We we're in um, makeup chairs next to each other, and she was just so nice throughout the whole time. Always asking me how I was doing, you know, checking in, and just making you feel welcome. So um, my, my experience on that set was great.
0: I'm so glad to hear that you had a good experience. I've been on movie sets myself and doing extra work. And I just remember um, meeting some actors and I was so disappointed. I'll tell you about that later, but it was like one actor that really was a disappointment for me someone who I looked up to, but I do remember like some of the other ones were just so gracious and welcoming and it just made you feel at home. So I do love like you that you had that experience because you know sometimes you know there's smoke and mirror especially when it comes to television and movies and so i'm just so excited that you first yeah. want to show that it's huge but that you were able to to have lines and be able to share and interact with people on the show which is great.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely and yeah, like you know i live in LA i could tell you. Jack there are it's smoke and mirrors definitely and you know the people who have the manners and who have the integrity and who are kind They're the ones that you remember and you want to be around. They're not the other people. I know what you mean. It can be, I had a a certain spice girl that is scary. (laughs) 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 Like when I lived here 10 years ago and she was scary and I was just so disappointed. I remember just being like, really? Like you couldn't just be kind, you know, but people do have different times of the day and people can be human. So you just kind of have to, I suppose take people for who they are in that moment. Mm.
0: Exactly. And like I said, I'm I'm hoping that that person has changed. And I wish I could say it was a one day situation, but this went on for multiple days. So I was like, well, maybe they're having a rough day. But I just kind of figured, no, this must be a rough life, because there's just no way you could wake up and just be this rude. But I think like, it just tells me, you know, that I have to just keep being kind. And it's not about me changing someone. It's about me not absorbing that energy. And I feel like energy is a huge deal for me. Like if someone has negative toxic energy, I just don't let it absorb within myself. I just can learn how to compartmentalize in my own way of thinking and then be able to move forward in my own lane. I would say staying in my lane is important. I can't veer off into anyone else's. And so I think that's just such a great thing, especially for actors um, for when you're going over sides and when you're practicing, you know, just remembering that they hired you for the role, they want you, and just give your best, and not try to compare yourself to other people who are in the room.
1: Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That I definitely agree with you all on that. And um, I, it's funny in the audition room here. You know, because I started, I started auditioning straight after. I was auditioning in New York, and then when I came over to LA, you know, you do notice those people in the room, like, and there are actors like that who are just competitive. And it's interesting because I'm like, who are you competing with? Because I go into the room and I, I'm not I'm just trying to do the best. I'm not I couldn't have the energy of trying to compete with the people in the room at the same time when you're also trying to just get a job. You know? It's um it's also wasteful as well. So staying in your own lane, I totally agree with that. And that's a, the mantra and the thing I try and practice too. I've never been competitive. I've never gone into a room and um and this happened to me actually a few times and I didn't quite get it. And it, maybe they didn't even realize they were doing it on a, on a full conscious level, but you know, you get suddenly get this person who just starts talking to you as you're like waiting to go in or, you know, they're just saying, it and you just want to be focused on your bit. And, and I don't even know if they're trying, if they know they're being competitive or if they know they're doing it, but it's, that there's a level of that that does exist. And you just have to Kind of brush it off because really you're not compete it's of course yeah you're all competing for the job but it doesn't have to be so could, the casting office is going to choose whoever they are going to choose it is not in your hands unfortunately it's it's not in your hands to compete with your other actors it's um well it's not i'm not at that position in my career yet you know so i don't even and that mentality would not serve me absolutely it would not serve me
0: yeah well, Liam, I'm just so glad that you mentioned that. And before I went to my go to the next question, I really wanted to kind of just piggyback off that statement, is that a lot of times when we start becoming competitive, we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves why. And I think it's important to know you can compete with yourself. Like if there's something you've done in the past and you're like, hey, I want to to improve upon this, or I want to work on my diction or how I enunciate, or, you know, certain things or maybe how I – am able to command the stage in a different way. And it kind of goes into my next question of the difference between like commercial work. Um, I know you've worked with fashion, you've done um, theater as well. Can you tell me what have been some of the differences? Like how do you prepare when you are going in for a commercial job versus let's say like America Horror Story?
1: Definitely. So, you know, I kind of look at it like this. So my training was always in theater even in school and then in in sixth form college and university, I was preparing for theater. And then I went to acting school in New York and I did, it was theater. It was a theater conservatory program. Theater for me is my, it's, it's, if I, if I could make my uh, milk and bread, you know, my bread and butter from that, like that would be my life set. It's such, a, it's an interactive, it's a live experience. It's, it's a communication to a, a an audience, whether big or small. Um, it's a different feeling completely altogether. There's just a different level of that live performance. And also rehearsal, you know? Um, Theatre requires rehearsal. It Weeks of rehearsal. It requires weeks. Um, you're rehearsing, you're on the stage, you're going from beat to your next beat you're going from your next move to your next move you know where the lights are going to be hitting you you know you know everything is rehearsed and everything and you have a director and the director is working with you on the character and you're working on the character and you're working on the lines during the rehearsal so you can kind of feel the lines as you move to a different place and you have that physical connection with the line um and then tv is a completely different medium you don't have to do anything really um in that level all that energy and that output that you put in theater i remember when, when we did a camera class just completely bring it in you don't have to show you don't have to your performance is so refined and it's so it has to look so honest you can't look like you're trying in any way because the camera will show that it looks like you're trying um so that was a different medium altogether for me initially to come to um I always got told I looked good. You know, my teacher even said that in school. He's like, You look great on the camera. Well, that's great. You know, and people do make a career out of that. But how do you then refine that and um make it it's just so, such a different medium altogether? It's more about showing a sense of honesty on the camera, um, and really not indicating anything because it'll just show. Uh, you have to either be feeling it. Or really look like you are feeling it. like Because that's also an argument in theater, you know, in, in acting training, you know. Do you have to be feeling everything that you're actually doing? I personally don't believe you do. As long as the audience, it's about the audience. You know, It's about the audience. If they see you and it looks like you're feeling this moment, then great. Because it's not about you as the actor, it's about the audience. That's how I've always looked at it. But the difference, I would say, yeah, is the subtleties. And then... So say for like commercial, commercial is look initially, you know, look, I mean, it's it's again about, a lot of things are about looking film. It's If you're playing somebody who exists, it's gonna be potentially about look, how you look. Um, the best commercials I've done, I, I worked for, it was for First Hawaiian Bank, and I'll, this is a scenario, so I'll give you an example. I went, it was in in LA, the audition. It was in Santa Monica. And it was for this guy, a rich guy, who'd be performing alongside an NFL star. I didn't know who the NFL star, I don't follow football, but I just knew it was going to be that. And uh, there were about 50 of us in that room. (laughs) And I was last. And I was waiting for about two and a half hours. And I was very annoyed by that point. Because I didn't, you know, you, you don't, you, we understand the casting process and everything. But when you've been waiting that long, luckily my attitude came, I came into the room and I must have looked like what they'd expected because I was a little attitude-y. I'd been waiting for two and a half hours, seeing every other person go in. <laughs> and, and they were like, sorry, we kept you waiting. And I was like, yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be funny. I was actually telling them, I was like, yep, yeah, you did. And they all burst out laughing. And I was like, well, no you did keep me waiting you kept me waiting a long time and they were like oh my god you just that's it that's what we want you know they wanted this guy was kind of a douchebag so and and it got me the role and then they just started throwing lines at me and then these lines ended up in the commercial and then i was in hawaii like a couple of weeks late like two weeks later shooting with um marcus mariotta um and it was just really i did a great job just, I found this type that I didn't really realize that, you no, know, in acting school, I was kind of going in for like, um, leading man, innocent hero, or kind of, I got a few opportunities to really play and do characters and do like villainous characters, but um, it was more leading towards the good guy. And then just playing this kind of bad guy, really, it was great, because they're, they're the roles I love to play. Um, and yeah i they then caught i did i came back a year later and I did four more commercials for them. This character just kind of happened um but that was yeah, that was from me just being myself in the audition room it was um and it worked with that character. it was kind of like serendipitous um I'd say commercial is more primarily about look not are you good looking but look what are they looking for um it's, it's more about that. Um, and also, you've got to think about with commercial, what pro- how you, you know, is it a commercial where I'm talking about a product or is it a commercial where I'm just doing a scene and then they're going to talk about the product? Serving the client. And on a commercial, the client is always there. So the client has you know, hired the casting office. They've also hired the production team. So the, it all goes back to the client like what does the client want um because they're the one who's paying for the commercial the the paying the budget so i'd say that's the main difference and then with yeah with film and tv for the american horror story audition i only had to do one line i really did look like him though and his uh, nick begs his actual his family got in touch with me on instagram and were like you look like him i was like oh yeah that was probably it too but yeah just you kind of go into the room and it depends if they they have a camera on you and you kind of set your eye line to whether you if you have a reader you could set your eye line on them or you have to come up with a makeup and eye line which is going to be just off camera but it's going to show your whole face um yeah i'm sorry i think that's yeah that's kind of what i'm trying to yeah it's more like theatrical in that sense um whereas commercial is is it's commercial it's it's about a client who's paid for this project that they want to sell their product so the client is heavily involved whereas on in theatrical director and cinematographer are more heavily involved
0: that makes a lot of sense and I'm glad you broke that down because I know that was something that I was always a little confused on but that makes a lot of sense but when I think of even like with modeling when we do editorial versus commercial modeling You know, that they're looking for something specific or like someone who's going to be booked for runway may not have the most commercial face, but that's how they're able to sell, you know, the Hope couture, you know, type outfits or being able to, you know, market a company or a brand in a different way. And so I love that you said that, like, there are some commercials. And as you mentioned, it's not about being pretty or being handsome. It's about what is being sold in that moment. And how can you convey that message for people to want to follow or want to click that button you know and and actually go out and buy these things? so that's what I say like Super Bowl commercials play a huge role. they know how to market in in such a way that people will go out in the droves to buy and and support whatever that company is selling so that's amazing that you've done commercial work as well mm-hmm. and um you've been successful with a lot of commercials. I, I was able to kind of look at some of the reels and things you've done. And that's great that you're able to to book both TV, film, theater, cause it's hard, you know, for you to do one, but to be great in all three of them, that's that's a testament to your teacher and people who helped you in acting, for sure.
1: Definitely. And you know, the teachers were really great in New York. And unfortunately in LA, I really don't have many opportunities to audition for theater um there's just not that many opportunities i do i was part of a cabaret i would do like an annual show of um this production company we do an annual show of like a combo of rocky horror and um, Hedwig and the angry and she was like a combined show um and then they actually left during the pandemic so then me and a friend who actually i'm see- seeing later today um we produced our own cabaret so that was last um october it was a horror cabaret um and we'll be producing another one. We had the offer to produce them every month. I just haven't, you know, wearing the producer's hat for me is a different I'm I'm actually good at it, but um it's just I didn't want to commit to a monthly project, but I think doing one in October would be great. But yeah, theatre is so it's 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 I mean it's it's the blood and soul of the actor, you know. It really is. It's um there's no not quite when you have an audience there. You can gauge what the response is, you know? And that's another difference thing between film and TV. And it's not a bad difference, it's just a difference. You can't gauge the response. So you have to, it's a lot, it's a different skill set. And you also, what was I going to say that's important? Oh yeah, rehearsal. You don't really rehearse for film and TV. They'll tell you where to stand and they'll tell you where to move. You might do a quick line rehearsal before you go. Um, so you really have to, with lines, be on it. And I remember I'll say this about Leslie Grossman because she was amazing. She, I saw you know she was sat next to me and she had a big scene with the big lines. And she was like sides as soon as she sat down next to me, and she's reading them and she's reading them. And it's like I, mean, I know she was familiar with them, but you know they change them, they update them every day. And just seeing how she worked and how quickly she absorbed those lines in—we're talking a space of like 10, 15 fifteen minutes—did the lines and then and then and then find and then performed it's a lot of more independent work from the actor um the director it depends on what type of project you're on but you know usually my so far i've been given a few i worked with tom hooper um uh, in march and he directed me like a theater he was you know he's done cats he did um, the king's speech he did um lame he directed me like a theater director he gave me uh motivations and examples and talked about, you know, character background whilst directing me on the camera. But prior to that, you know, I'd just be like stand there and do. So you better have your preparation done or you your what it is done. And then they might tell you it didn't work. But yeah, it's it's a little it's a little scary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I said that makes a lot of sense, but that seems like that'll be so scary to me. But I think when you've been doing it for a while, I think for some actors or actresses you have to have a formula that works for you that helps you either memorize the lines or to get prepared or to get into emotional state before a scene, um, depends on what types of scenes you're shooting. So I think that's amazing that you've been able to to be around such amazing talents. And so that's great.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it was really great. I've, I've seen different people and working with them and you do you learn from other people, right? That's how I learn primarily. Um, And I also learn from watching, I watch a lot of movies too. I'm still obsessed with movies and TV. I I always, I'm always watching something. Um, And that's a great way to learn as well. Um, Julia Garner right now, I'm watching her on the Ozark. Um, My voice and speech teacher in uh, New York uh, actually is her voice and speech teacher. And I was like, how great is that? You know, that Anna accent that like, uh... did you watch that show?
0: No, I've never seen that one before.
1: She, she's so good. She's just so good. It's about this, it's a real character. Anna Delvey, she was a, a, a fraud in um, New York in 2016. And she has this fake accent and then, you know, my, my voice and speech teacher taught Julia Garner to do, will help. She also, Julia Garner is an amazing actress and can do it, but, you know, coached her in that and it's, you realize, you know, I've been surrounded by special people so I'm grateful for that.
0: That's amazing. Well, I have only a few more questions for you, Liam, if you're ready. The last second to last question I want to ask you is if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Liam?
1: You know, young Liam was really adventurous and really didn't care what people thought. <laughs> <laughs> Mid- middle age, not middle age, but Liam getting older was a bit is a bit more has to think about that i was quite adventurous as a kid i would say uh i would say put, i would ask young liam to put more work in um he did put in work for everything he was he was i was academic i was good i was good in. i wasn't pushed in any way by anybody which is probably a good thing but could have pushed myself even further again, but it's really don 't care what people think I mean teenage Liam would have definitely cared what people think just don 't care what people think like really it doesn't matter what people think about you it's um and don't try and impress people don't try you don't have to do anything if people don't like you or don't vibe with you that's fine you don't you don't have to hate people or disagree it you just move on and you find different people that you vibe or connect with and you can work with and um yeah just don't try try just be yourself i would have also told um young liam that you are gay (laughs) it would have been a lot of a a much easier um but you know sexuality is such a a different it's a it's a journey i think we all have in ourselves um but yeah that's what i'd say
0: All right. <laughs> and then the last question I have for you, Liam, is um if you can tell us what's next for you. Do you have anything that we can look forward to? And then the last part of that question is where can everyone find you? Like if there's um Instagram, other places people can find you.
1: Of course. Uh you can um Instagram is the best place if you want to connect. It's um at it's my name, at Liam L-I-A-M-Haynes, H A Y N E S. 2017. Um, so at Liam Haynes 2017. That's my Instagram, and then that has links to my website, It has links to my IMDb. Um, in terms of what's next, um, I'll be putting on another cabaret show here in LA, um, probably in the next, probably October. So just starting meetings about that. So if you're in LA in October and you want to see a fun horror cabaret, come along. Um, and you know the actor's life is my actor's life right now is auditioning for projects so it's just it's a it's a waiting game you keep throwing the darts at the dartboard and um hopefully one of those dartboards is going to hit that red bit and i will be flown somewhere and i uh, will be doing the next project i'm auditioning on a weekly basis i i i suppose i could just one was for like last i, I can't really tell you like you know last week i was auditioning for a, a bit big movies we're talking like um like you know i had like what was the last one last week it was to be um to go and shoot in bulgaria for a month but um with like one of the la's top casting offices. um I, I auditioned for like in the past year but it was like will smith movies network stuff it's all been really good high-end stuff so yeah just wait and see what 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 hits the board what hits that red point and what books me the next job but it's true as an actor you're only as good as your last job so um yeah we shall see
0: (laughs) well liam i'm just so excited to know you as a person to have had you on this show and i know that you're going to succeed and continue to make an illustrious career for yourself because It's about the person, less the talent. And I feel like you bring both to the table. And I feel like people are going to connect with you because they want to be in a room with someone like you. And so I think like, if you look at it that way, as long as you keep your energy right, you continue to keep practicing and honing in your craft, people are going to want to gravitate to that. And who knows, you might be producing one of those films that you were saying, hey, I've auditioned for this. You never know where it will take you and building those connections, as you mentioned, for that audition, you were tired, you were irritated, and that's what they needed for the role. So you just never know what the future holds for you. But I'm just very excited that you came here and shared your your space with us. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks so much. The questions were really interesting as well. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm going to definitely have you back if you want to come back in the future. and We can kind of talk more about just life yeah, in general. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you, Liam. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Liam, well, I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon and stay safe and I will talk with you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.